Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thank you for being part of our Flourish Podcast today. I've been going through the book I wrote, Love, Leadership, and Influence. And we are on the chapter entitled, The Power of Vulnerability. Well, vulnerability is one of those words that seems to be being thrown around a lot lately. It's being promoted as a quality that helps us to be our best selves. And I believe that to be true. Many of you have heard of Brene Brown. She kind of focuses on vulnerability a lot. And she says some really good things. She says, one of the things that she says is vulnerability is the core, the heart, the center of meaningful human experiences. She describes it as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Now, I've been keeping track of what's happening at Asbury University, and it's been amazing and wonderful, and I'm so excited about what God is doing there. But I noticed that one of the things that people reference in regard to this is that there is a radical humility and vulnerability among the students and people that are taking part in these worship times and experiences. When I wrote this particular chapter in my book, I wrote it based on life experiences. I've learned sometimes the hard way to be willing to be vulnerable with people. Obviously, there are different levels of vulnerability in different relationships. But overall, I have defined vulnerability as a willingness to be honest and open about ourselves, including our personal frailties and struggles, and to allow people access to us as real human beings, not a perfect plastic version of ourselves. The definition in the dictionary includes a connotation of leaving yourself open for criticism or even attack. And that's true. If when we're unguarded, in a sense, and refuse to be anything less than authentic, there's a risk that people will look at us in a critical light. That's obviously something we're risking when we do that. First, let me clarify what I don't mean when I talk about vulnerability. I don't mean leading with our insecurities or weaknesses. I don't mean self-defacing or self-deprecating perceptions that are readily expressed. I also don't mean exposure of delicate information to the wrong persons who really don't have any need to know that personal information about us and may not even handle it well. Rather, I mean a willingness to face the fact that we're all weak. We're all lacking in some ways, in one way or another. We all need assistance. We all need repair. And it's not shameful to be open with the appropriate people in our life about those area of weaknesses. I've taught a lesson more than one time, um, actually at a leadership conference, and the title of that lesson was Facing Our Frailties. And it's, it's good to target it to leaders because there often is an unspoken mandate on those individuals to protect their reputation. They, they feel like they need to protect that reputation in a way that can keep them from getting help in an area where they desperately need it sometimes. 
Vulnerability can be really frightening to them. But I believe that the willingness to be honest about personal struggles can help leaders to avoid falling into a trap of sin that would derail or ruin their life's work and purposes. We can be open and willing to disclose our needs and put ourselves out there in and actually in a positive way. And it's really incumbent upon us to be genuine and to get counsel or encouragement or even intervention when we need it. Families and ministry should not suffer in silence and simply just bear up under conditions and situations that need perhaps addressed or adjusted. A pervasive secret posture, secretive posture can keep us imprisoned in a failing marriage or a relationship or even a failing church. We have to be willing to push past our pride when things may even be falling apart around us or even if we've become caught in a sin. That's the time where we need to seek help from reliable people and do it intentionally and do it immediately. Think about how many people in ministry we've seen fall or face ruination because they became ensnared in a sin and would not reach out or get help before it was too late. And this doesn't just apply to people in ministry. It applies, it applies to all of us. Maybe if they had had a friend or two or someone in their life that they had become learned to become vulnerable with, their situation could have had a completely different outcome. I also feel like people in ministry need to have a plan for their family members where they can actually talk to a specific person or person's in order to process struggles or family dynamics that are difficult or problematic. Often, families of people in ministry are, again, sworn to secrecy and unable to talk to anyone about what happens in their home. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, I've heard in this revival that's taking place, that that's happening a lot. People are coming clean about their personal lives and things that they've struggled with and sins in their lives, and they're confessing them to one another and repenting and turning from that. That's healthy. That's good. Now, obviously, there's a fine line between discretionary disclosure and indiscreet divulgence. There's no virtue in blatantly revealing personal issues for the sake of like maybe appearing humble or because we feel insecure about them. But there is virtue in humbling confessing our sins to one another in a manner that is honest and looking for assistance. A book I read a long time ago, John Wesley's Class Meetings, it's a that the byline is a model for making disciples. It talks about how they formed the basis for accountability and friendship in the early days of Methodism. One of the standard practices was that they would have small groups that met and prayed together and encouraged one another. But during those meetings, the people that attended would actually confess their sins and their faults to one another. They vulnerably opened their hearts by revealing sin and struggles. The leaders also did the same. They weren't exempt, but they were the first to go, first ones to reveal what they were dealing with. Humility and vulnerability are signs of a good leader. They're not weaknesses. And on my, in my end, on my situation, there have been times where I've spent time with a wise Christian counselor 
I needed her to help me process areas where I was weak and I needed to change some of my thinking patterns. And I didn't feel the need to be extremely secretive about that. I didn't run and tell everybody that I came across, but I I wasn't ashamed of the fact that I have needed help in my life. You know, I also had a strong leadership team around me, and that's a big blessing in that as well. When that team is loyal and discerning, you can share your life with them, the strong and the weak parts, the happy and the sad parts. They become accountability partners, prayer partners, cheerleaders. And you know, the amazing thing is when you're vulnerable with others in a discerning way, they don't respect you less, but perhaps even more. Yes, there have been times when the information I shared with people was misconstrued and used in a negative way. To be vulnerable is to be at risk for being hurt, but the benefits outweigh the risks. And for the most part, those I opened my life and heart to were able to help me become an actually a better version of myself. They just believed God alongside me for victory, for growth, for whatever the case may be. I don't like plastic relationships. I don't like superficial relationships where everybody has to be kept at arm's length or at a safe distance. And I do realize there are all types of relationships. There are people that we are mentoring and some that are more focused on us learning from them. Some are about mutual friendship. And there's obviously an appropriate level of vulnerability for each of those type of relationships. But we need to learn what that looks like and learn how to relate to them accordingly without the fear of being humiliated rejected or demoted. I've known people who've had a a level or a role of ministry in a church and have been afraid that if they actually expose some of the things they were dealing with, that they would be demoted and no longer be able to lead. And I guess in a case where you're actually blatantly living in sin and, and not willing or able to change, that could be the case. But we have to learn to be authentic and real. If we want to grow If we want to see God really move in our lives, we can't just be, like I said, plastic or have a big veneer. Vulnerability makes us more human and more relatable to others. So let me ask you, have you been afraid to be vulnerable with people that that you can trust or even to get help in an area where you've been struggling? Maybe your marriage, your family life, your personal thought life. Or other relational things that you're struggling with. Maybe you're having a hard time getting along with people. Have you felt that code of silence that it's required for you to be a good person, a good leader, and it's not worth opening your life to others who may be able to help you because you're afraid of the ramifications? And again, I'm not suggesting that to do so is without risk, but I am suggesting that getting help, getting counsel or intervention in some way may be the very thing that saves your marriage, your family, your church, or even your life. The old pattern of protecting ourselves at all costs is, in my opinion, unhealthy and destructive. You, like me, may need to hear from someone with expertise in an area of weakness for you. May I please encourage you to find and reach out to someone who's trustworthy and wise and learn to be vulnerable 
be vulnerable before the Lord, but also between others, before others in your life that can really come alongside and stand with you. Ask for help. Ask for counsel and wisdom. We need each other. All of us do. And leaders are not excluded. We're part of that equation. I've needed help many, many times. And so may I just encourage you, learn what vulnerability looks like. Learn how to use it wisely. And allow God and others to come alongside you in a way that will help you be who God calls you to be. Thank you for joining me today. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.